Welcome to Life School Series 2, Bumps and Babies. As I record this today, I am currently 23 weeks and 4 days pregnant with my first baby, which I'm so excited to share, I now know is a little girl. I'm still in the process of recording this series, and my plan was to start releasing episodes once I'd finished recording with all my wonderful guests. However, in light of the current global situation with coronavirus, recording for now is on hold. So I've decided to share with you the episodes I've recorded so far over the past couple of months. I know many of us are currently self-isolating at home with lots of time on our hands, so what better time to listen to your favourite podcasts or perhaps discover some new ones? As a first-time mum, pregnancy, birth and babies is a whole new world for me and I personally want to educate myself as much as I can before my little one arrives. From positive birth stories, information on hypnobirthing, water births, c-sections, baby massage and more, I hope throughout this series I can shed some light on just some of the areas you may be worried about or even just intrigued about. Thank you to all the incredible birth workers and women who have made this series possible so far and thank you so much for listening. For this first episode of Bumps and Babies, I am honoured to welcome to the podcast media presenter, content creator, influencer and all-round Dubai mama icon, Dina Booty. Happy listening. Dina, welcome to Life School. Thank you so much for having me. This is my first podcast ever. No. <laughs> yeah, I've never been on a podcast How before. How can that be true? <laughs> Dina I'm, Booty, this is your first podcast. I am genuinely excited, so thanks for oh, having I'm me. I'm so honored. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, so as I just uh, shared with you, I am four months pregnant. Um, I'm super pumped for you. 17 weeks and three days. I'm finding that the days are really important. <laughs> uh, they make all the difference. Um, so I wanted to start by talking about your two pregnancies and births. How did they compare? What was each individual experience like? Can you share a little bit with us? They were completely different. So the first time around, it actually took us quite a bit of time to get pregnant. And it was... Um, I mean, I know people try for years. For us, it was more like a year, but uh, it was a very dedicated year and um, a very emotional one for me. I felt like I'd already been waiting a while. So by the time we started trying, uh, it, it was a very disappointing every time I discovered I was not pregnant. So by the time I found out I was pregnant, it was the biggest celebration ever. Like everyone had to know and it's just, oh, I was Did over the moon. Did you wait to tell people? Um, not, not my best friends like I told all my best friends and my rule is if I would tell them if I miscarry then I will tell them if I'm uh, I'll tell them that I'm pregnant yeah. before the three month mark because I would share that news with them anyway and also have a very hard time keeping secrets um, yeah, <laughs> it is hard that first time um, but yeah I had a lot of morning sickness I was vomiting about 15 times a day for the first three months which I thought was very painful and uh, I discovered it was not so bad compared to my second pregnancy um, 15 times a day 15 times a day ouch it was ouch yes uh, I had two very difficult pregnancies the second actually ended up being a lot more difficult the first was just, I was so genuinely excited about being pregnant that I embraced every little thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you count the days, you know what vegetable or fruit your, your baby yeah. is. You, you're <laughs> reading all the books and fantasizing about the world. And it is lovely. I really, really enjoyed the, my first pregnancy. Um, I also lost my job while I was pregnant, uh, two months pregnant. 
two months pregnant. Gosh. Yes, and both my husband and I were working at the same TV station and they shut down production, so that was quite difficult because I think I had a, a vision of what our future was gonna look like and how I was gonna balance work and my child, and yeah. that's kinda how I got into the whole social media and the mom world. Um, and then my second pregnancy was kind of funny because we were prepared to be trying for quite a while and instead it happened right away and it was so unexpected <laughs> it kind of threw us off um, and my I was vomiting about 30 times a day for five months uh, I also broke my tailbone while delivering my first so it was very painful during my second pregnancy and because I was laying down so much during um, my pregnancy, I developed something called sciatica. Yes. Yeah, I've had a tiny, tiny bit of this. And it's the strangest feeling. It seems to have gone now. Yeah. I'm sure it will come Hopefully, back. I hope it doesn't come back. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a very weird sensation. It's, it was terrible. I'd be you know, wanting to run to the bathroom because I'd need to vomit. And suddenly one leg wouldn't work and I'd collapse. And it was just... It was a very depressing time. Once I got out of the first five months, I, again, once again, loved the bump, loved, enjoyed all these different aspects. But of surely pregnant. with your second, it was also harder because you had a toddler to look after whilst yes. feeling really unwell. And I felt very, very sorry for him because it's hard to explain to a two-year-old why mummy's not feeling well. Uh, also, without making sure he's like, blabbers it to the world. Um, and... Yeah, I felt I felt very guilty, and that's something I think about now. Which is, you know, if I somehow managed to get pregnant and was sick all over again, that would mean not being uh, um, a hands-on mummy for several months. Once again, it was very, very difficult managing, and I was hospitalized a lot, and I wasn't there for him, and he didn't understand, and it was heartbreaking. Well, I was going to ask because when you're being sick that much, that's a dangerous level. Of right sickness right because i've i've um met a few ladies recently who have had a similar thing and they've had to go into hospital because they're just not they're not hydrated they can't, they're not eating um and they physically can't keep anything down and it's that's a dangerous kind of point so nothing really gets between me and food it was just about finding out what i could eat unfortunately the only thing i felt like eating was a bit of um junk food yeah, so salty if, yeah and if yeah. i felt hungry it would make the nausea worse so I was very good about constantly having, you know, fizzy drinks or juices and, um, you know, popcorn and crackers or chips or whatever it is. I just wanted something in my stomach. So I actually gained quite a bit of weight during mm -hmm. that period, more than I did at any other time during the pregnancy. But you also need to be eating. So it's almost like whatever works. Yeah. Like whatever's going to get you It's not very nutritious, through. but yes, absolutely. The cravings tend to not be though, do they? Yeah, no. Yeah, I, and it was I just like, saw McDonald's and Domino's and all the naughty things, yeah. And were you like me in the sense that you would crave something, you'd eat it so much, and then you'd never want to see it again? Um, I've just been having, not weird cravings, but like, I went through a phase where I just didn't know what I wanted ever. <laughs> like, I couldn't decide. <laughs> it's nothing, a hard life. <laughs> nothing was appealing, but then I get something in my head and I'm like, I need that. That, if I don't have that, nothing else will do. And it would be so satisfying. Um, but now I'm just, yeah, it's just junk food and just rubbish, really, which is, yeah, really bad. I'm trying to be good, but it's hard because, I don't know, you just want the salty, the salty goodness and all the kind because of, Because you like, need to satisfy that and the And the kind of, like, comfort food. Did you take it out on your husband? Was he responsible for helping you find that 
one food item um, that's going to seal the deal? No, but he has had to put up with my my uh, my delightful mood swings and my my crying and my <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's 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 had to put up with a lot. He's been very patient so far, I think. Yeah. Um, but how how did your two births compare? Because obviously, birth is. I don't know if you felt this, but that is the one thing I am focusing on and trying to educate myself about. When the ba- I'm not really focusing on when the baby's here. Uh, birth mm-hmm. to me is just... Seems enormous. It just seems... Overwhelming. Yeah. So how so, are your two? You know, there's this meme that's been going around, which is, you know, when moms discovered that giving birth was the easy part. And I absolutely believe that. Um, it is a scary thing because you do hear all these horror stories and how things can, all, the million different ways that things can go wrong. Um, th- my biggest piece of advice was uh, um, would be to take an antenatal course along with your husband. I um, my We would go every Friday and it was actually really nice. We bonded mm-hmm. over them and we really educated ourselves. So when we were in that room we understood you know why my temperature is being taken what you know that beep 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 was and um i wasn't i i knew the different um possibility and possible scenarios Mm. that could arise and what would happen i was very well educated so it helped put my mind at ease and actually i often feel like it's not even the mother that needs to be as well informed i feel like it's the father because you're so preoccupied you could be in pain you're obviously already going through a million different things and it's great if the father is there um informed and also knows exactly what you want mm. to kind of represent the two of you yeah um i was not as worried i mean i was worried about giving birth obviously but i also went into them being like i have nothing to prove here pain wise i am very excited about taking an epidural and i plan on taking bring one. it on <laughs> I, it was like bring it on exactly i said i'll wait until um First of all, I had to be induced. Uh, I waited until I was like 42 weeks to finally be induced because I was in denial. I was like, this has to happen so naturally. F- so 40 weeks is full term, right? Full term. So usually they only let you go over by like 10 days, don't they? It was, yeah, I guess. I went to the maximum yeah. plus maybe a day. I kept insisting to you my doctor. You just wanted to stay in there. Yeah, that we would make it work. And I regret that because I feel like you really have to trust what your doctor says. My baby ended up being four kilos and, you know, I broke my tailbone giving birth. And I just, I wish I hadn't maybe waited that long. Mm. I know, you, you know, we all have these ideas of how things are supposed I to know, be and work out. I as well. You kind of just have to go with the flow. But um, I was genuinely excited about taking an epidural. Uh, I obviously prayed and hoped that nothing would go wrong. But I was excited for the, you know, you feel like you kind of, when you reach... 30 that you've experienced a lot of what life has to offer mm. and then you become pregnant and you're like I have no idea <laughs> what's yeah. out there in the world everything is new so I was excited about trying this new thing but I so I waited until the pain was pretty bad and um I felt like it was the right time I was starting to scream and I decided to take the epidural um and as soon as it worked it was just beautiful I, I had my phone out, and by the time we came to push, I honestly couldn't feel a thing, and it was lovely. We were filming videos. I was asking you know, my husband to take photos of my son coming out so I could see what was happening That's on the amazing. other side. Um, I Listen, you're obviously, there's a lot of luck that plays into that. I had a lot of bad luck during, my, <laughs> during the actual yeah, pregnancy, so you I feel like luck. I deserve the... Yeah. Um, 
And we we really enjoyed. I you know I stroked his hair as he was coming out of me, and it was wonderful. It was just, it, it was a fascinating experience. Um, with my second, I think I got a little too excited about the epidural, and I took it a little too early. And that's the thing you can't. So this is what I've heard. So there ha- there's almost like a, a window of of time where you can take the epidural because if you're too progressed in your labor, you can't take it, right? Right. So you so you kind of have to time it. Try well, you, and time it right. You generally want to have a birth plan, and you know you want to uh, you want to let the midwife there know and your doctor mm. know whether you're planning on taking an epidural now because they'll kind of keep you in check and let yeah. you know like if if you are planning on taking it or if you're adamantly against it, they'll try to help you through it so that you know you really try not to give into it. Mm. Um, you know it's complicated. I've 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 heard of mothers who've taken the epidural and not had the best of luck or. That it only worked on half of half their the, body. The side, yeah. There are no guarantees. That's the reality. So I, I took it a little too early, and it started fading. And by the time it came to push, I was in pain, and I was like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait! wait. Someone top me up here! <laughs> like I've done this before. I don't want to feel the pain." But you know what? There was something that was lovely about feeling the pain as well. Mm. I mean, I obviously wasn't feeling it compl- entirely. Um, I was still in control, but. There was something incredible about feeling, you know, my second son now as feeling his body actually working his way through mine and then coming Amazing. out. Um, so, and and were they both fairly quick births, or how long was your labor had, with yeah, each one? I had to be induced for both of them, <laughs> but the second time around, I gave in and I delivered at thirty nine weeks, I think. Um, because we didn't want him to be too big either. Uh, so you have big babies. I have big, big boys. babies. I mean, my husband and I are quite, you know, we're quite tall. We're quite broad, both of us. <laughs> so, yes, big kids. Um, w- How long were were both with the, the, with the labors? I think we went in overnight, and then uh, the labor would actually start by eight, and by the afternoon by two three. Oh, so not too not too not bad. Not too bad. That's yeah because it's because i've 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 now learned that there are different stages of labor mm-hmm. so when people say oh, i was in labor for three days that doesn't mean that you were pushing for three, for three days. days no so there's, there's, had there's contractions different and... different stages and did you so you you knew that you wanted an epidural or at least you were oh, open no, no, to I it knew. did you have any other kind of birth plan or was it just, I please have that on hand <laughs> and we'll see how everything else um, goes? I, I said I wanted to make it as easy and smooth as we possibly could. So I told, you know, the first time I had a female doc, told her I trusted her, wanted her to do her thing. And second time around, same thing. I mean, uh, I wanted to avoid a C-section if I could, mm. um, only because I knew the recovery could be quite yeah. difficult, especially if it's an emergency C-section. If it's planned, the incision's a little smaller. Um, but other than that, no, I think I kind of wanted to go with the flow. And I changed my mind about what I thought was possible or what I thought I desired after the antenatal class. I really, really highly recommend it. Mm. We did ours at Health Bay Polyclinic, and okay. it was lovely there was um her name was drew was it ah she was amazing a midwife i believe she's a midwife she was incredible really i I just met my first midwife actually i did a tour of alzara which is um, the hospital i'm going to give birth in and um 
Oh, I had so many questions for her and it was so lovely to meet a midwife. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm definitely going to do do some classes for sure um, because I'm a control freak. And for me, knowledge is power. I need to be prepared for any eventuality. I'm, I'm completely, um, you know, okay with the fact that I can't control this 100%. The baby will come out, wants to come. But I want to know what the beeping is. Why are they doing that? You know what I mean? Right, because right, right. I've never had an operation before. Mm-hmm. Like I've never spent time in a hospital touch wood. So all those sounds and thick, like it's, it's very, it's it's completely alien if you haven't been in that situation. So like you, I want to know, okay, why are they taking this? What's going on? Like, should I be worried? Should I be worried? Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, I'll definitely do some classes. Are you planning on doing anything exciting like a water birth? Um, do you know what? I would love to do a water birth and it's something I'm really looking into. Mm-hmm. I love the look of it. I love the idea of it. I've been watching so many videos and it looks incredible. But I also don't want to set myself up for failure. Mm-hmm. I don't want to really set my heart on something and then my baby might have another idea and then I might feel like, oh, I didn't get the birth I wanted. So I would love to. And they have an amazing room at Alzara. Well, that's why. Oh, as soon as you it is like her. a spa. Right. So it's there. And I'm going to do some hypnobirthing and I'm going to try, but I'm not going to make it this huge thing mm-hmm. if I can. Because I feel like with the water birth, there's quite a lot of luck involved. Yeah, everything... my, fr- my friend did it. had a wonderful experience at Alzara, actually. Yeah, I, I feel like everything has to kind of be going, well, you need to be in control as well. Because I might get to a point where I'm like, I cannot, I cannot take this pain. And the water helps with that from what I've learned. Um, as soon as women get in the water, they already feel like They're, a lot of that pain is, is taken away. But also, I don't know how I'm going to cope with that. I, I, right. have, I have nothing to compare it to, Dina. So it's like, I don't know if my pain threshold is good or not. Like, I have no idea. To I be might honest, be like, okay, this yeah. is a lot worse than I thought it was going to mm-hmm. be, guys. Get me that epidural. I need help. You know, I just don't know. Well, it's good you have an open mind. I'm very open. Yeah, very open. The reality is, is even after you have your first, second, or third child, you have no idea what's coming next. And, you know, that's a lot of motherhood. It's like you uh, experience obviously helps, but you're you're always kept up on your toes. Were you open to a water birth? Was that something you thought about? I knew that I was going to deliver at City Hospital because of my uh, my doctor, so I, it wasn't really something I had thought mm. about. It sounded exciting, but I was a little bit yeah. traditional. Uh, my friend did it, and my, my friend's actually um, a doula and a birth photographer, and she also delivered Elzahara. And I, I see all these photos, and everything just looks so serene and beautiful, and just, I mean... It looks great. It does. Like, I feel I've, like if you're up for it, go for it. I'm up for it. And I've never seen a video of a water birth that I haven't just thought, wow. I mean, I cry at any birth I watch. <laughs> and I've also watched incredible videos of women that have had an epidural and are just smiling as they're pushing their baby out. And and the husband's taking pictures. And I think, God, that looks so lovely as well. Mm-hmm. So let's see. But I, I kind of, yeah, I like the idea of a water birth. Go for it. There's no reason not to try if you can. I'm going to try, but a lot of women also get in the water and then go, no, this isn't for me either. Yeah, but then at least you've given it a shot. Yeah, let's see. As long as 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 she comes out uh, like healthy and she's okay, that's that's all I really care about. So how do you feel about birth photography? I love it. Okay, so you're planning on doing that because Um, I I would highly recommend it. I don't think so, only because it's already costing an absolute fortune (laughs) to have this baby. So it's like, okay, what other things can we throw money at? (laughs) 
I'll save I, that for the second and, child. And I said, I said to Rami, look, I love the idea of this, but it's just another it's another cost mm-hmm. um so rami will hopefully be the the photographer mm-hmm. um i mean iphones are so good these days okay they're not going to be professional photos no but it's absolutely fine I, I, like do you have I'm a friend if you feel comfortable with as well um i do i don't think they would be comfortable okay. <laughs> i have an amazing photographer friend but i'm not sure he would feel very comfortable mm-hmm. in in that scenario but i think it's the most beautiful thing I think if you can capture that moment. It's a lot of moments. It's not just the moment of your baby coming out. It's the moment of, you know, your your spouse and just like really being a team and working through it. And there's there's so many things that you think you remember. And then you go. So I didn't do I didn't have any birth photography at my first. Did your husband take pictures and videos? I mean, he did. But in the moment, you're focused, right? You don't want to be pulling out a phone. You're having your child is coming into this world. And we we photographed some fun stuff and, you know, um, kind of doing the countdown and saying, ah, you know, I'm eight centimeters dilated. But when I actually started pushing and so forth, no, there's too much going on. No. Um, we did get our, our photo right when our first son came yeah. out. But the second son, it was just all these moments of, you know, our, you know, family then coming in and their So you had the, a photographer for your second? For the second. Oh, and it was amazing. a new world. I was a little, and, and, and she's a friend of mine, Samantha Warriott. I'll actually introduce you to her. Oh, please um, do. And we'll tag so her as well in the show notes so people can check her out. <laughs> Make sure she is. She gives you a really good discount. <laughs> please. Um, so she's a, a really good friend of mine, so I wasn't too concerned, but I was still like, whatever you do, I do not, you know, don't go over to this side, don't go over to that side, I don't want photos of this, I don't want, I, like, you know, I, I, th- there were a couple of things I was uncomfortable with, but I honestly didn't even feel her. Mm. I did, like I forgot like I, she's That's not the in mark my memory. a good photographer. That as is, well. you like, shouldn't see them. It's not like I think of my uh, I think of that birth and I th- I remember her there. Mm. I don't like she was in the background. She kept out of the way, but there are all these incredible moments that I actually never shared on social media, which is crazy for me. <laughs> but um, they're just so private and uh, special. I really just kept them for ourselves. You know what? Who knows? My baby's due in July. I have time. Um, if we have some good fortune between now and then, it is something, it's on my list. Mm-hmm. It's on my dream list. I'd also like a doula. Um, there's, you know, there's all these things, but just everything comes at a cost, doesn't it? So you have to prioritize. Right. Um, but I think we're also so lucky here because the facilities are so incredible that the rooms are so big that you have space. Like, no wonder that you felt, you know, you she wasn't really there because... Uh, when I first saw the maternity ward at Alzara, I was like, these rooms are enormous. Like, they're huge. Compared to the UK. Oh, absolutely. I was like, wow. The whole family can be in here if they want. <laughs> you know? There's so much space. So, um, yeah, please share her details with me. Sure. and I'll And I'll tag her in the show notes because I... It, it's, it's on the wish list. It's mm-hmm. on the wish list, for sure. Um, so, you mentioned about social media. So I wanted to ask you, how did you... So, you mentioned before as well that you lost your job two months into your first pregnancy. Right. So how did you start this social media world and sharing your motherhood journey? Because I know you already had a, a sort of presence anyway mm-hmm. from your media career, but how did this all start? So at the time um, that I became pregnant, I was uh, co-hosting an entertainment show 
uh, where we interviewed celebrities, and that was kind of our, that, that was my focus. It was all celebrity and gossip and Hollywood. And, and then I suddenly lost my job, and it had been my dream job. <laughs> I'd worked very hard to become a presenter, and my world kind of shattered. And at the time, I had social media, but it wasn't as big of a thing. Like, mm. I had an Instagram account, but it wasn't like every single person had an Instagram account. You know, if I got 30 likes on a photo, I was like, woo. Um, and I, you know, I remember even like my photos at the Oscars, like I didn't really know what I was doing. I'd occasionally post, but it wasn't that big of a deal. But social media just wasn't even like three or four years ago. It just yeah, wasn't, it wasn't as big of a thing as it is now. Yeah. And so when I lost my job for a very long time, I sat there and said, what in the world am I going to do now? Who's going to hire a, a woman who's pregnant? Uh, what job do I even want? Do I, are there any media jobs available for me? And I need them to be in English. And I had this idea. And uh, it, it was, it was a, a difficult period. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to start doing something on my own. And I had all these questions about being pregnant. And I started posting about it and getting reactions. And I slowly got into, found myself um, tapping into... Um, uh, a motherhood community online, a very supportive one. And I know social media, um, there's a lot of things about it that are difficult and mm -hmm. people can be very critical and harsh and we'll get to all that. But the motherhood community is also just incredible. Like every time I asked a question, I got so many responses and my friends at the time didn't, and none of them were mothers yet. So I really needed that support. And I built, you know, I helped get I helped. I got into that uh, motherhood community and helped build sort of my own little community mm. online. And by the time my son was born, um, I was like, well, how am I? I didn't have help at the time. Also, these preconceived notions about wanting to do it myself, which now I find to be <laughs> kind of silly for me, at least, because I have a nanny who I'm absolutely obsessed <laughs> with. But I didn't I didn't want to have help in the beginning. Um, so I was on my own. I'm like, where? How am I going to go to work? Like, what am I going to do with my son? And I needed to create an opportunity where my son could come with me to work. So I was like, why don't I start filming, present my own shows for YouTube, and I find sponsors? And it was very difficult. I sent hundreds of emails out. Mm -hmm. And I finally heard back from Mom's World. I heard back from Baby Shop and people who had... Uh, um, uh, a couple of representatives from there who I'd previously met and they're like sure we'll give you a shot um, I wouldn't say that it was you know the most financially rewarding venture in the beginning but it was rewarding it was incredible to take my son with me and to actually be asking questions and trying out products um, kind of doing what you're doing now which mm. is you know figuring out this my is, journey this along is actually giving with an me audience a lot of hope yes it should I am a freelancer for five years and I've always been so busy. And uh, we actually first met at one of my freelancing jobs mm -hmm. for the fashion tainment. Remember right. Jesse J um, in one of the Emirates. And I've always been, I've always been really busy and it's great. And it's like, I found out I was pregnant and my work disappeared and then not related. It's not because people found out I was pregnant and I didn't get work. It was just kind of it was a hard summer last year and then it just got harder and harder and harder and I find myself thinking what am I gonna do like I'm about to have a baby I can't go in house somewhere I can't go and get a full-time job because I'm not gonna have help so I'm gonna have this baby what am I gonna do so I literally this is giving me so much hope because I am 
I do this for the pure joy of it. This is a pure passion project. Like I just love doing it. Um, it doesn't make me any money or anything. So I'm literally, I'm where you were now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what, what am I going to, what do I even I'm want to do? I'm still where you are though? now. What do I even, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not even like, what should I do? It's what do I even want to do? Mm-hmm. So this, this, this is giving me a lot of hope. You're in a know. wonderful position. Um, first of all, moms want to support moms, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is incredibly amazing. And, you know, when I started a few years ago, the mommy blogger world was just kind of coming out in Dubai. It was just starting kicking off. And then a couple of years later, it was like every single person was a mommy blogger. Yeah. <laughs> like every, and, and, and then I think everyone realized just how much work it was to actually constantly be creating content and reviewing and showing up to meetings and events. And it kind of fizzled down. And now there's just, um, I want to say handful, but like, I think I can think of like 50 moms yeah. who are really, are really still focused on it. Even less, actually. And they do it as on a professional level. On a professional well, level. Because, like you said, there's a lot of work. You create incredible... I love your music videos that you do, by oh, the thank way. thank you. What they call mushy musicals. M- mush musicals, mush yeah. Musicals. Oh, my God, I love them. Um, but there's a lot of effort and work. Oh, it's and not a joke. Yeah, it's... it's <laughs> you know, and, and I think that there was definitely a, a phase here where everyone not just a mum blogger but everyone thought they could be an influencer blogger but i think if you don't have another string to your bow as well mm-hmm. you know you are a presenter an mc you have something else to offer it's not just i'm creating beautiful content right and i think that that helps sustain sustain it as well i think 100 percent. so it is one of i'd say so the my social media collaborations are um it's one of my three jobs I also do voiceovers and emceeing, exactly, as you mentioned, yeah. and then I do the, the the presenting. And yeah, there's so many brands out there that are looking for moms, and they want to work with you if you are genuinely using their products and genuinely a fan yeah. of their of their products. Uh, and yeah, there's something amazing about that. So you started doing the reviews, like the YouTube. Uh, like your own sort of channel presenting yes. and then did it just kind of snowball then into you getting more gigs as a freelancer in your own right as a presenter and MC? yes I mean listen so much of it was me behind the scenes talking to people and pitching myself yeah you got it who else is going to do it we'll talk about the rejection but I was like oh I just spent years being rejected as a tv presenter now I've got to do it all over yeah. again um, I'm lucky because I have a production background and not that many people know how to, you know, present, produce, edit, film, like, um, mm. and I, I am capable to a certain extent doing all of those different jobs. Um, so at the time, videos were not really a thing. They are now. Yeah. But four years ago, I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll, you know, I'll go to your venue. Um, I'm going to film the venue, I'm going to review it, I'll do a voiceover, uh, we'll do some interviews while there, I'll edit it together and package it into a one-minute video for social media. And people were like, great, but meh. Like, do you have a blog? And that was the thing at the time. Yeah, people writing please write blogs. as a blog post. Yeah. So I also learned another lesson there, which is don't do something that isn't you. I started a blog because I was like, ah, I guess everyone keeps asking about a blog. So um, I started something that was Adina's Dirty Diapers. Yes, um, I remember this. Yeah, and I had, on, you know what, it did very well as a social media account, but I wasn't passionate. I, I enjoy writing, but not in the same way I enjoy presenting. So eventually it just fizzled out and I couldn't, couldn't be bothered in the yeah. same way. So I continued doing videos and eventually uh, people started approaching me and saying, 
and at, at, in the beginning, I can't even explain to you how little, like I'm, I'm too embarrassed to share how little money I was making. It was nothing. Um, it, it, it was not about the money, I should just say. Yeah. It was really not about the money at all because I pretty much was not making anything and the videos would take me so much time. And then you don't also want to just be posting ads, so you need to be creating your own content. Yeah. So some of the dance videos or the mush musicals that you're talking about are silly videos where I do where I'm, I'm dancing with my kids, and some of them are just that. We film us dancing a few times and that's it. But um, some of them involve camera tricks and a lot of editing. Yeah, and, hours of work. Oh yeah, like there's one video in, in, in the beginning, I remember I had all these moms be like, oh, I want to do this with my kid. Like, can you um, can you upload some Ugh. stories on how to on how to film this video, produce this video? And I was like, it took me seven hours to edit. And at the time, I'd say my you need to have the skills to be right. able to edit. Well, I was as like, well. it took me oh, sorry, it took me seven hours where I filmed for a few hours, maybe not seven hours, edit, so seven hours to create. You know, filmed for a couple of mm. hours, edited for five hours, and you got to find the you know non copyrighted music and. And I was like, would you, are you okay with dedicating your entire day to creating this 10 second video? And they were like, of course not. Yeah. Did you make any money on it? And I'm like, no, I did this because I love it. Yeah. Um, and I think that quickly turns people off. But it's going towards a bigger, like this is why I do my podcast. It's, I don't think this is gonna make me money, but I do feel like it will go towards something else. It will lead me towards something else. So you don't 100%. always have to do things just because they make you money. Absolutely If you not. love it and you, you do it for the joy of it, then why not? Because a lot of the time people will sort of question you. you know, how are you going to commercialize this? And it's like, well, do I have to? Do well, I have to? Well, at the same to... time, there's also the opposite, though, where people are like, uh, oh, why do you have to do ads? Like, I can't stand seeing ads or like all these there's a lot of that content as well, yeah. creators. And I'm like... But the, people can't just be creating content all the time and not be able to support that. I have two kids. Like I'm paying for, you know, I've got tuitions. And, um, yeah. So it is a delicate balance. And um, that must have been a really lovely moment, though, when people started coming to you. Was there a moment where you were like, oh, okay, I feel like finally I've kind of turned a bit of a corner and now it doesn't seem as difficult you know, you've done all the thousands and thousands of emails. emails. Uh, it was insane when it happened. And it all happened, uh, like I feel like there was one month I can remember where I was mm. suddenly approached by four or five brands where it was like decided somehow that videos were cool and um, I was approached. And I remember in the beginning um, pretty much doing things for free and then being able to charge, you know, a few hundred dirhams and just just as an you know just a nominal fee to like and then you know being able to double that double that double that until until I got to a point where I was like hey what is what is actually worth my time like mm -hmm. how can I continue doing this full-time or whatever is one of my three jobs and and be able to rationalize it because I actually need the money yeah um, so it, it is a very delicate balance but yes that moment where I was approached by a brand and asked to do something for them was just so rewarding. Oh, mm. so rewarding. And then yes, obviously then uh, another brand may have an MC gig and you're like, oh, hey, you're a mom and you kind of do this thing. And then it becomes like a package. Would you do a video and host yeah. this event and promote this product at the same time? And then you kind of figure that out as well. Um, I've gotten to a point where I can 
be kind of picky about what I want to do as well. And as you said, sometimes as a freelancer, you know this very well, sometimes you can't handle all the work that you've been given and you have to turn down a number of projects. And then there are other months where you're like, have I had my moments? Is it all gone? Yeah. I haven't heard from anyone. And <laughs> right, yeah, like what happened? I, I'm kind of having one of those months right now, if I'm going to be honest. Where is everyone? It's the beginning it's, of the year. It's, it's the beginning it just, of the year. Is it just me? Like 2020 is... Ooh. Well, I... I, I was saying to a girlfriend yesterday, I'm like, maybe the universe is just giving me space mm-hmm. because it knows that freelancing isn't what I'm going to do forever in, in that industry. So maybe it's giving me a chance to rest and just figure out what it is I actually want to do. However, I need the money more than ever now. So mm-hmm. I'm also like, universe, um, if you could also just give me a few jobs <laughs> while I figure this out as well, that would be great. But I think the beginning of the year is always a bit of a quiet time as well. Look, um, I'm trying to enjoy the lack of stress in my life because I am somebody who stresses and I am someone that becomes... But this is what happens. Yeah. So you, you, you are so busy and all you want is some relief and then you get that and you're like I just I want to be busy again yeah the grass is always green yeah I will say though in I I somehow imagine that when I have free time that that will be the time that I think of something really creative and get my creative juices flowing but it's never like that it's when I'm at my busiest yeah that I'm like oh I have the best idea if only I had a little bit of time I'd do this right now yeah but then when you're free you're sort of like rolling around in bed watching Netflix being like just watch one more episode I'm really oh, tired I've never watched so much Netflix in my life but you you've given me a bit of inspiration today actually because I disabled my Instagram account and I I only had like a thousand followers I'm not you know um, a thousand followers a is great like I don't know how long it took me to get my first thousand followers um I mean I've had Instagram for, for a while but I've never taken it seriously but then last year I started to post like not seriously but you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. being a bit more mindful of the things I was putting out there but with no real kind of it was still quite random and then I disabled it in uh, October time just because I was getting really down and really confused about what I wanted to do and and I was finding it a little bit negative Mm -hmm. not because of anything anyone was doing but just I was starting to feel a bit and I'm not a jealous person, but a bit jealous of people that had direction and knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not even of material things, just like, oh, everyone just seems to just know what they're doing. And, and I know that is not the case. But when you're feeling like that, I just thought, let me take myself yeah. off here for a little bit. Um, but now I'm thinking I need to get back on and share my journey and what I'm going through. Um, purely also because I love creating my content and and maybe that will also give me some focus and something will come through that. I might meet some people. So you, you've you kind of made me think, why are you sort of, why are you disappearing slightly? Because you also need to be present for opportunities right. to happen as well. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're making me Social think. Social media Dina. is not an easy thing and I don't recommend it for everyone. But considering what you're doing right now with the podcast, I would highly, highly, highly recommend it. My podcast has an Instagram. No, I get um, that. But it's, um, I, you know, started from scratch. So you could focus just on that, and it's fine if it started from scratch. Listen, Instagram and the whole Instagram depression is real. And even though I'm in this world, and I know a lot of the moms that I follow, and I'm aware of their lives and their various difficulties, there are times that I get on, and I'm like, oh, you get into a slump, you know, you're like... 
my day has been so lame and you know you're like looking and and fantasizing and imagining everyone's worlds very differently and the reality is is even though I try to be very very honest you are so honest yeah I I, I try very very hard but there are days where I look through my Instagram account and I'm like whoa I wish I had this life like you know, you look at your own yeah. Instagram account, you're like, it looks like the highlights of my life look amazing. Like if I feel like I didn't really do much this month, but when I look you back- You can make I'm, it look. Yeah it's, yeah, it's it's the highlight reel of your life, it is. right? It completely so, is. So no matter how hard you try to a certain extent, um, you know, you're selling what you have and you're always making it look better than it actually is. And mm. uh, moms have to remember that. I was posting the other day and it was, actually genuinely embarrassing because I had I had some feedback from family I um the 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 other day my husband was working too late my nanny was off my parents were moving no one was around and I realized that it was the first time in a very long time that I was going to be alone with the boys which is by the way I'm a super hands-on mom if I'm just going to be honest here and I help with everything I'm very dedicated but I'm somebody in general who doesn't like to be alone. So I'm always like, hey, play date here and come here and mommy, I'll pick you up. And, you know, I I always have someone with me. And I was like, I think it's been forever since I've actually, you know, gone and picked up both the boys and spent the whole day with them, you know, from after school, spent the whole day with them, made them dinner, you know, gave them both baths and put them to sleep and gave them... And, And it's not that I was worried about being capable of doing it. I knew I could, but I'm like, I don't think I've actually done this by myself in forever or ever. I I don't know. I can't remember. It's always like short periods of time between different things. And I was talking about this online. I was saying, you know, to all the moms out there who don't have help, I'm just reminding you once again, when you see all the different videos I do and all the Mm. events that I go to, when I go to an event, I usually bring my nanny and my mother, sometimes my mother-in-law. There's so many of us, like I am blessed to have two sets of grandparents here and an amazing nanny and everyone is super involved and we all have a blast together but i have a lot of help and i was trying to remind all the moms out there when you're looking at my life or any someone as someone else's life online and they're like how is she able to do all that stuff with their kids or go to all these events like i can't manage i would never be able to manage if i was on my own never but admitting that on social media there were a few messages where I think I must have come off sounding a bit spoiled that, hey, maybe I am, you know, maybe I am quite lucky mm. compared to a lot of other expats to be in this position. But I was trying to be honest and you, you never know. But I, I think you're also trying to show appreciation right. for the mums that maybe don't have so much help. I had one mother who was like, I've been so tired and, you know, we delivered at the same time our kids. Mm. And I was looking at you and think she's so full of life and she's so... You know, she's always running around and doing so many cool things for her kids and our kids are so lucky to have her as a mom. And when you talked about it, I realized, oh, it's because you're not doing it on your own. I'm like, I'm not doing it on my own, yeah. exactly. And she's like, I automatically felt better. And I was like, great, I made one mother feel better. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and I think that's that's part of the reason I came off for a little bit as well, because you need to be authentic. Right. Like you can't, I, I don't think it's okay to just have a series of beautiful pictures and make out that everything's perfect 100% of the time because that isn't real life if you have a, if you have a strong presence and following mm-hmm. because it's almost like you have a responsibility and duty, I think, to um, be honest. 
But and I feel like Instagram's moving in the right direction, though. Absolutely, I think it is. I follow so many mums, um, um, sort of from from the UK as well, that just show it how it is. They mm. have beautiful pictures as well, because uh, that is part of it. But they also show the the realness of you know sometimes things are really hard and you don't feel like this amazing mom all the time and you're crying at four in the morning and baby's not latching and you know all these mm-hmm. things that give comfort to so many other people because they just then don't feel alone and it's that simple I think because uh, so a couple of years ago it was all about those Pinterest photos mm. where like everything was bright and colorful just and perfect stunning, and yeah. now it's about real life and it's kind of become cool to be it a has. mom who's not who's imperfect yeah and I love that and I'm really trying to encourage that a mom who doesn't have her crap together all the time PG. yeah <laughs> no no you can swear yeah. <laughs> um and that that is nice to be seeing and even if the pretty pictures are there I feel like at least the captions are a lot more real and yeah that's okay you can have pretty I want to look at pretty pictures I don't mind but I just I want to hear about your life and I want to know that it wasn't just this yeah, and I love people that really share in their captions and it might be a beautiful photo, but they share what they went through that day or, you know, a lot of the times it's like you see this image, but that was a moment in our day. This also happened today and and I just love that. Mm-hmm. It really, um, yeah, it makes you feel like, okay, I'm not alone, even without kids, just general life and struggles. And I think, yeah, it just really helps because you think, okay, I'm not the only one. Oh, absolutely. I'm not the only one in this situation. So I wanted to ask you about juggling, balance. So how are you able to do all of this? I mean, you touched on the fact that you have amazing support and help. Is that what it basically comes down to? Um, I think it's what it comes down to. I think a lot of people have the help but don't want to ask for it. If there's a one really good piece of advice I could give mums or mums-to-be is become very good at asking for help. Um, I feel like there's a lot of pride with motherhood. I feel like it, it, it's, uh, ex- it's, it's exhausting. It's, you know, uh, holding yourself up to, you know, unreasonable standards and having insane expectations of yourself and wanting your kids to be a certain way. And all of that is, it's exhausting. And I think for me, I've really, really become comfortable asking for help. And not just my family, my friends, my whoever's mm. whoever's willing to give it, uh, you know, to the extent that I'll be at a Starbucks and <laughs> I'll be like, hey, oh, I'm just grabbing my coffee. Would you mind holding my baby for a sec? No problem. Um, and I'm very comfortable with someone asking me for help. So I think that's what it comes down to. Um, I also think you have to be realistic with yourself that you have to decide where you want to compromise. So... So with my first son, um, I would say my sanity wasn't as much there and I wasn't as balanced um, because I was taking him, I never had a break. Mm. I was taking him with me to work and I loved being with him, but it was so much more work and I was constantly being a mother and um, I didn't get time to have as much alone time or to just be me, non-mommy me. Um, but I was always with him. And then my second son, because I had so much more help, I was you know, able to leave and go to meetings and go back to work quite quickly. And we kind of yeah. had the balls already rolling. We, we had everything settled. But then sometimes I feel like there were moments that I missed. And it was the mom guilt creeps in, you know, 
where I'm like, oh, I did so much with my first son. He was so much more attached to me. My second son has all these amazing people in his life, but he, I'm not like the one and only. I'm sure I am to a certain extent, but I don't, he, like, I'm not the only one who can comfort him yeah. or I'm not the only one who, and, and that can be a wonderful thing, but you, you can't have it all. Yeah, so something you has go to, to give. Something has to give. And for a lot of mothers, it's not a choice. I'm lucky that I was able to freelance and not, you know, make as much or make as much money and support the family as I would have if I had a full-time job. Um, but then I was able to, I'm able to be there with the kids. And as you know, freelancing is amazing, but other times you're also kind of lost because you're like, oh, I wish... I just wish I had a little yeah. bit more consistency in my and life, you know. Thank God, Rami, my husband is so supportive because he's setting up a business. Mm -hmm. You know, we could really do with one stable income, but he also understands the fact that I want to be there for the first few months. I don't want to be rushing off back to a job. So, and I'm sure at some point we will need help. We, his parents are here, so we're really lucky in that respect. And my mum will obviously come over, but... Um, I don't I feel very lucky that yeah it's a choice for me because a lot of people it's not a choice mm -hmm. it's needs must and you are straight back to work and your baby is in a nursery or it's and maternity leave here is it's you know, it's, it's not great is it so I think that that is a privilege in itself to go well okay yeah I might not be earning any money at the moment but I know that at least I'm going to be able to be with my baby for those first few months mm -hmm. And then look at the help and, okay, what kind of support do we need ongoing? But I think initially, like all first-time mums, I'm very like, oh, I want to do this at least for the first few months um, with the help of my in-laws. Um, and then we'll, we're going to have to have some kind of support because, yeah, something has to give. And I, I want to be busy and I want to be working right. in a great role model for my, for my child as well. So it's like, okay, you can't take your baby to every meeting. Yeah. Like there will come a point where you can't take your baby with There's you. only so many times <laughs> you can walk in with that carrier and try to change the diaper How? on the meeting, meeting table. Exactly. How quickly did you get help after your first son? Um, I think he was eight months old. Okay. Maybe older. And I really regret not getting help sooner. Um, I would say my first nanny was good. She wasn't, she helped a lot with the house mm. more than, and a lot of it had to do with me maybe not feeling as comfortable um, kind of giving her, uh, empowering her more yeah. with my son. And that's okay. That's just becoming part of your motherhood journey. Um, I wish I'd gotten help sooner. Because in your head, you kind of think, oh, I want to be the one to be there for my kid, and I want to do all these different things for them. But I realized once I got help, if anything, I got to be there for him more because me trying to hold him in a carrier where I did loads of laundry or sanitize, I don't know, this, yeah. or disinfect the bottles was actually taking away from me focusing. Having another you know, set of hands there where someone could help me do all that stuff and assist. And then yes, occasionally I get to go take a shower without him having to sit and watch <laughs> me and get accidentally get sprayed in the face, you know? That, that helped. I mean, I, I really genuinely felt like I was a better mother once yeah. I got help. Much, much. Um, like much 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 yeah much, because much. eight months <laughs> with your baby just with you the whole time right um you know it and it's those things that i think like i'm just so open to not knowing how i'm gonna feel but 
I already have said to my mother-in-law, like, can I can I live with you for the first few weeks just so that if I want to go take a shower or, you know, um, and luckily she's totally up for it. But I, I'm <laughs> like, I'm going to need that help. Oh, grandparents like, I'm gonna are the need, best. I can't even begin to... Like, my grandparents are about to be great-grandparents. Like, yeah. I'm so close with my grandparents. Um, and they will come out here, but obviously they, they don't live here. And it's just that, like, I'm already thinking, okay, who can I pass this baby to while I go shower? Or You know what I mean? So I think that out of all the ladies I've interviewed that have children, they've all said the same thing. They're like, I wish I asked for help earlier or I wish I asked for more help because I was so adamant that I could just do this all myself. And that's fine if you just want to stay at home. But if you do want to explore other things and go out you're going to need help mm-hmm. like you physically can't do it all it's not even about doing it all you just you know uh, i think people didn't or don't generally warn moms enough about how much they feel like they're going to lose themselves mm. and how lonely it is even though you're surrounded by people sometimes and you have your baby with you it's a very it can be a very lonely uh, an excruciating journey in the beginning, especially till you get a handle on things. Um, you know, one thing I learned in my antenatal class, which destroyed me, <laughs> I can't get, a, get around it, was, you know, you change 15, about 15 diapers a day um, when your baby's first born, and you breastfeed. For me, I was breastfeeding about 10 hours a day. Mm. So get your head around that. In 10 hours a day, that's the entire day. That's all I was doing. I mean, obviously, I was awake through the night. But sitting throughout the night, watching the sunrise, I used to watch Friends, I remember, because that was something that was like light and kind of felt familiar. And, you know, there were certain things, my husband is super hands-on, but there was just certain things he couldn't do. Yeah, especially in the beginning. Yeah, and in the beginning, he was working in Abu Dhabi. He was, you know, driving back and forth, and he couldn't be me. He, I could have pumped, sure, a couple times, but I still have to get up and pump and then the bottles. And I just... Even if you have a ton of help, you're going to be doing so much for your baby. And you really need a moment to breathe and remember that you are a human being, mm. that you're, the person you were before you had a baby isn't completely gone, that she's going to come back and you are eventually going to feel like yourself again. But you lose sense of that person. And it is that is, I think, uh, part of the reason many of us feel very depressed and yeah. quite, you know. Because it's a massive shock after. to the system. Oh, yes. <laughs> I think pregnancy can be quite lonely as well. Mm-hmm. I think it can be quite, if you don't have lots of people around you, uh, tonight I'm meeting a few ladies that I've met through a Facebook group. Uh, we're going to go for a coffee and I'm really excited because I don't know any other pregnant ladies. Yeah. And so I'm trying to make new friends as well because it can be quite lonely if y- a lot of your socializing revolves around going out and having fun with your friends. And suddenly, of course, you can still go out, but I just don't have the urge anymore either. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to go to a ladies' night. I don't want to go and sit in a bar. Like, and it's I just have gonna no be smoky interest. and it's going to be... I just have you know. no interest. So that can be quite lonely as well, I think. It can be quite, um, yeah, quite isolating. And especially if you're not really busy, you're just like, oh my God, like there's only so many, yeah, episodes of Friends I can and watch. Yeah, and and only so many baby things I can... frame of mind as well because you're thinking about the future and what's coming yeah. your way and you're kind of anxious about it and you want to prep but you don't know how to prep and... Yeah, is it too early to prep? I don't want to <laughs> jinx anything. Like, yeah, all, all this is just, it's a minefield. Um, 
But I wanted to ask you about a post that you did literally about five days ago. Oh, yeah. So you did this amazing post about your ab separation and hernia. Mm-hmm. So for anyone that didn't see it, what 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 was sort of going through your mind when you shared that? And obviously this is something that's very ongoing for you because you mentioned about are you going to have more kids? Are you not? Or so is this something? Can you? Ha- so yeah. is this something that's that's very much your now? So I wonder if I shared that too early. <laughs> like I tried. Um, you know, I I really really try hard. My account is very fluffy and fun, and I try to dance and keep people uplifted. For a long time, I was tra- trying to talk about the real issues of motherhood, and then a lot of moms were like, you know, we really, you know. We really come to your account sometimes to perk us up. <laughs> I'm like, fine, I'll, I'll keep it light and happy, happy-go-lucky, but I do have to balance it out sometimes. And if I'm going through something difficult, and it's a reason I'm probably not posting as much, you know, one week, which happened to be this last week, um, I, I do have to kind of explain what I'm going through. So there were a few things that I talked about quite openly about my difficulty getting pregnant. Um, my first son being in the NICU, which was shocking for me because I literally got hundreds of messages from moms who were like, yeah, I didn't tell anyone my son was in the NICU. And I was like, why? But then, you know, it's so common and and there's so many horrible fears that come with it. And if we had all talked about it um, and how normal it is that maybe your baby's going to go to the NICU for a couple of weeks and you don't you know, with certainty know what's going to happen. And Mm. we'd all feel so much more comfortable and secure and less alone when it would happen. I just wish it's getting there. But I, I, I I really hope that, you know, more mothers are going to be more honest about the difficulties and challenges of motherhood. So yes, back to this post. So my post the other day. So most women, uh, mothers have to deal with ab separation. Um, and it's natural that you have a centimeter or two centimeter gap, um, which is what I had the first time around. And I did a bit of physiotherapy. Um, I also broke my tailbone. So I was, I was going to a chiropractor and physiotherapy quite a bit. Um, I had a slightly wider gap than most moms, but by my second pregnancy, it got a lot worse. And I also developed a hernia. Um, so, and I've been going to doctors over the last couple of years, and every time I go, the worse the news kind of gets worse, mm. which is, uh, you know, your gap is really wide. It will be hard to fix it with physiotherapy. To now, repeatedly, doctors being like, "Don't even bother." So I have about a five and a half centimeter gap, but um, it's very deep, and the tissue behind it has been torn, and I have a hernia on top of it. And it's a bit complicated, but basically I have to put in a mesh to really be able to secure it. And if you put in a mesh, you can't get pregnant afterwards. And at the moment, I'm kind of running the risk of, um, say, my organs being strangulated. My colon is kind of poking through right now. Mm. And things could easily, not easily, it's a, it's a minimum chance, but they could, they could go wrong the longer I wait. So I thought I knew that I, I thought I didn't, I was ready to wrap up the family, but when I found out that I, the chances of me being able to have another baby would actually be quite um, difficult, it was devastating this last week. And it's so easy, because I think I've done this before, when you meet a mom who has already had a couple of kids, to be like, but you're so lucky, you already have your kids and you don't need a bigger family. And of course I am, I definitely feel like I'm really lucky, but it is hard to take that option away from a mother and a woman. Exactly, it's someone taking that choice away from you. Yeah, it's yeah. it's heartbreaking because, 
yeah, you have this vision of what you want and I've always been desperate for a little girl. Like my mom and I are so close and I've always imagined having a little girl and also always thought about adopting. There's so many different things. And you know, I shared that in the moment because I was having a very, very hard day and I actually felt like no one around me really was understanding what I was going mm -hmm. through. And my online community is amazing. And all these moms wrote in who had, had similar experiences and their messages made me feel so much better. But you know, I posted that and then realized, oh, I need to go pick up my son. And I went to school, I was there 10 minutes later and a couple of the moms from his class actually follow me. And they're like, oh, I'm so sorry, I just saw your post. And I realized just how raw it all was. And I started crying and crying and crying. I couldn't like stop oh. crying. And I'm a bit of a crybaby, but like, it was humiliating to be at my son's school at pickup with all the other moms there and not be able to like stop the tears yeah. from flowing. And it happened a couple more times. And I was like, maybe I posted this too soon because I can't control my emotions right now. Like, well, I'm it not. sounds like you posted it at the perfect time because you need to get it out. Yeah. And it's almost like when someone asks you, are you okay? That's when you tend to break down. Like you keep yeah. it together, keep it together, keep it together. And then someone just says, are you okay? And then it's like, oh, it all comes out. So it sounds like you posted it at the exact right time. Maybe, but it's like different when sometimes you don't know someone and you're like, I'm not okay, give me a hug. You know, and like, and it's different when that conversation's with you. And, and you know, it is your family, the people you speak to every day online, but they're, I don't know, there's, there's no real right time. It was very, very raw for me that I posted that last week. And I feel like it didn't seem like a very big deal to a lot of people, but it was a very big deal to me. I mm. felt like I was mourning the loss of something. And obviously there's so many women out there who haven't been able to have kids at all. And obviously it's heartbreaking, but I just kept thinking like, I really hope whether it's through adoption or a surrogate or, you know, whatever it is that women and men and families out there uh, can, can kind of find a way to create the family that they've mm. always hoped for. And that is one thing that is amazing now. There are so many options. Right. But that still doesn't mean that you don't have a right to feel <laughs> right, right. the way you feel. I mean, I feel like to a certain extent, I have two boys now and we were talking about me being even pregnant and I know that I, chances are that I would be even more sick this time and that I'd be hospitalized even more. And I you know, had sciatica last time and a broken tailbone and now I have this condition and I feel like it there's a chance that I can operate and, you know, kind of think of a temporary solution. But I feel like to a certain extent that it would be irresponsible of me as a mother now to do that, to take any of those kind of risks with my own body and for another child. And that, you know, you, I have quite a bit of faith. And, you know, for me, it feels like, oh, this is the universe. This is God trying to send me a message that maybe, maybe this is a sign that this mm -hmm. is the end of this chapter. But yeah, I've loved... I loved the pregnancy despite it being so difficult and I've loved all these different stages and I, uh, I'm okay now. I can talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm coming around to it and, and feeling a lot more settled this week. But also you don't know how many people you will be helping because you put that post out there, but there'll always be new people finding you right. and discovering you and they can come across that post. Like it's there now. And that might really help them or they might be going through the exact same thing and think that no one else is. Right. So I think it's amazing to share these things. You know, when I did, and it's funny because 
people really feel for me and it's so beautiful that people that you know I don't necessarily know in person I can actually feel their messages that they're like sad for me or genuinely happy for me when there's good news but it also goes the other way around which is you know it works both ways because for instance that NICU post that I put up for an entire week I couldn't stop crying and I maybe never talked about it but my husband was like Dina like you can't do this to yourself but I was just inundated with messages from moms and a lot of them had kids who, you know, had their had their babies in the NICU and mm-hmm. their babies didn't make it and they were sharing their stories with me. And it must have been uh, it must have been therapeutic for them for them to do that as well, but I just I couldn't stop crying for like an entire week. It was so exhausting to think of these women who were following some of them went on to have other kids and others didn't but um oh I can't even imagine I I literally yeah yeah, I can't imagine it's just even um one of my friends here really close friend found out she was pregnant at the same time as me and unfortunately she lost the baby and oh my god it destroyed me I literally was just in pieces and I felt sad for her I felt guilty I felt I also just felt like this is so unfair. Like how, because there's no real rhyme or reason either. Um, The heartbeat just wasn't there at her next scan. Mm -hmm. And it just, so I can't, I I really struggle to have the strength to read things like that. Because I just, I just can't even fathom it. I I can't, like I haven't even had my baby yet. And I'm like, it's it's the most special, I'm like obsessed already. So... And, and and I try not to let the sort of anxiety get to me either because every now and again I just have God. a moment where I'm like is like what if something's not okay I haven't felt a kick in a while like yeah or like yeah. or should I even like is it too soon to be feeling should I be feeling kicks no, like it, it is what's going soon. on like <laughs> yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean or or sort of in between your scans nothing really nothing's happening mm. what should there be something happening you know the so thing I with can't... becoming a mom as well is like you're signing up for a lifetime of anxiety yeah like, you're like, oh, I just want the baby to be in my arms and the baby's in your arms. You're like, am I suffocating? <laughs> Did it sleep? Why haven't I heard? Why is he sleeping? Like, the second my kids sleep in too long, I'm like, that's it. They're super sick or, like, something's yeah. gone wrong. I need to go see if they're breathing. Like, yeah, and they're it like, never ends. But what, what would you say to these ladies? I mean, how would you even... Respond? Yeah. Uh... You know what the truth is, is I never know if I respond correctly. And I, I say that to them. I'm never sure what the right thing is to say. Um, I think I tell them what I'm genuinely feeling, that I'm just so, there's not much you can do. You know, that I'm so incredibly sorry for their loss and I'm, you know, love that they're sharing their stories with me and I do and and how much I appreciate it and that I'm praying for them. And I do actually pray for them. Mm. Um, I'm quite a spiritual person. I, that, that's the one thing I can do for them. I send them a lot of love and, the fact they wanted to share that with me is just, I don't know what I did to like somehow end up in this position where, you know, moms message me who don't necessarily know me or maybe they actually do feel like who are genuinely love my kids and are happy for me and suffer me and share all these things. And to have that, I mean, I feel pretty blessed. Like, I feel like I've done something right to have that. Mm. Yeah. Which is, which is nice after. It's amazing. Yeah. And people genuinely feel connected to you, I think. I mean, yeah, to, to, that's what's beautiful about social media, yeah. though. It's, I mean, it's obviously not just me. It's it's everyone, right? And, uh, 
you know, I have the families that I stock <laughs> as well, and I'm like, hey, uh, yeah, I like I like seeing what their kids and families yeah, we all go have those through. Those certain and, accounts which we just yes. love. We love going on that journey with people, don't we? There's certain it? people it's that beautiful. you just you resonate with, or you just yeah, you just connect with, and you yeah. just love seeing seeing their their life and, and what they're doing um so you have both your boys here right are there any um communities or classes that you would recommend other dubai first-time mums like myself to check out yes a few things uh so the antenatal courses really i can't recommend those enough and also Everyone I know who's ever been to an antenatal class ended up creating like a group with the other parents there. And because your babies are all, they, they basically do it a similar time, do it a similar time because they have you come in like a couple months before your babies yeah. do. So it is wonderful to be going through all that with them. I didn't actually have uh, many mummy friends. So I went to these mummy meetups that were hosted by various publications um, like Mother, Baby and Child and Baby and Child magazines. They had mummy and me mornings and I made a lot of friends there. Um, I, the, um, oh, the safety courses, uh, Safe Hands hosts them. Really mm -hmm. recommend them because I was always so paranoid that something would go wrong. And some of these courses, these first aid courses are just a couple of hours. They're usually free. Highly, highly recommend them. You just really, really genuinely feel empowered. Yeah. I had this like choking incident with my son and I can't, I was shocked at how handicapped I felt not knowing how to even just pick him yeah. up. And even if you don't remember every little thing, it is wonderful to be able to at least know, okay, if this happens, hopefully it doesn't, but if it does happen, I'll just pick up my son, slap him back. He has to be at this angle. Um, that really helped. Breastfeeding support groups. Breastfeeding is a killer. <laughs> yeah. Insanely, insanely challenging. Uh, those breastfeeding support groups helped me. I think I used to go to, um, just kidding. Again, it was hosted by, uh, by Drew, Drew Campbell. Is that her name? She was the one that did the, um, antenatal courses as well. Um, from Health Bay Polyclinic. She is incredible. She helped me so much. And it was because of her that I was able to continue breastfeeding for over a year. Wow. Um, yeah. So I think that's what I would think of right off the top of my head yeah because I think a lot of people like myself just focus on the birth <laughs> and yeah. don't really think about breastfeeding or health and safety it's just like the birth is this thing that we're focused on right but actually breastfeeding is from it's the research chunk of your day the research I've done in the podcast I listen to it for some women it can be so challenging and you need all the support and help you can get mm -hmm. so getting that in early i think yeah is is a really good idea but also you know you might not be able to breastfeed just remember that exactly don't, don't it might not even be my choice and and if you decide also not to continue with it that's okay ladies <laughs> yeah oh completely uh, weirdly a... i don't have um i don't have really any opinion on it i just maybe yeah. that will change when i actually hold my baby but i'm just like if i can do it great if not I don't really feel any kind of emotion towards it. So it's funny. So I had my first son. He latched on quite easily. Um, and then a couple of hours after he was born, he was taken into the NICU. And everything I learned was like, whatever you do, you do not give your newborn, you know, um, formula. You don't give mm -hmm. your, your baby a bottle. You don't give your baby pacifier, like specifically in early days, because then they won't want to breastfeed. And it was like horrendous because I had this like master plan. And then the first thing, no matter how hard I tried to keep going back and forth and then I see it could never seem to keep up. 
Um, and I also, I wasn't able to hold him for a, a number of days. He was inside the incubator. I wasn't allowed to touch him. So I couldn't do all those things. And it was heartbreaking. And I kept thinking like, that's it. It's over. Like everything is messed up and I haven't even had a chance. And he came out. He breastfed and he continued to breastfeed for a year and three months. And he actually never really wanted the bottle, refused the pacifier, even though that was the first thing he was given for comfort. Yeah. So, so it just goes on to show you. And then I came to have my second son and I was like, yeah, breastfeeding is going to be a breeze. Like I've got this. And it was so painful. Mm. And it was honestly literally a bloody mess. Like there was blood everywhere but but i breastfed for so long like how can it be so painful yeah. like w w why this time the second time around it makes no sense so yeah. just when you think you know what you're doing you realize you actually have no idea what you're yeah, doing no two pregnancies are ever the same mm -hmm. are they no pregnancies and and kids i thought in a way like and I, kids yeah i mean i was desperate for a girl i'm like oh i'm gonna have another boy like i've had a boy like i felt like in a naive well, way it was gonna be similar and then they have nothing to do with each other They're completely different individuals rami is one of six boys oh, yeah um and uh i don't think they were like trying trying for a girl i think they just yeah, they had six boys but i was <laughs> I, I have because we we have found out the sex well they're, they're saying 90 percent girl right. i'm pretty like i would be really shocked if at my next scan they suddenly go it's a boy um they might do though but um i i had this thing like i i felt like it's a girl but i also thought but there's there's such a strong male gene that it really wouldn't surprise me if it was a boy because rami's one of six um like it's time for a boy in their family grandchild wise as well so the odds i was like it's i think it's gonna be a boy um but we've ended up with a girl but i would love one of each i mean that yeah. that's my ultimate i'm one of each so i am too and yeah. my husband is too and honestly that's what i wanted yeah and i didn't get that and in a way i also feel like it was quite a naive desire because the way i see the two brothers together i'm like oh there's a little bit of a bond there that I, despite being super close to my brother, never had. Yeah. Um, that, I don't know what it is, but, uh, you know, it's the like, I would still like love a girl, but yeah, you can't, you can't have you it You never all, right? know. One yeah. day, maybe. It's okay. Like, <laughs> we all have these, you, you know, sometimes you think you know what you want and what you think will be best for you, but it's not necessarily Well, exactly. True. And I, and I, because I'm so close with my mom as well, I was like, oh, I love a little girl. Mm -hmm. But then I thought, you're gonna get what's meant for you. Mm -hmm. So don't don't obsess over it or be disappointed because whatever's meant to be will be and you won't be able to imagine it any other way when that baby comes. <gasps> you literally won't be able to imagine it any other way. Um, so hopefully one day we will go on to have more children and, and we can have one of each. So but when I found out my, my smush, my small mush was, um, was a boy, I cried so hard at the doctor's office and he just looked at me and said, I really hope those are tears of joy because your baby's healthy. I'm like, definitely. <laughs> it, it wasn't. I was just gutted, you know. Um, and I, I mourn the loss of this like idea I had for, for a while, which was, I know, yes, ridiculous and you need to be grateful, yeah, but, but it's, it's also not. okay to have those it's emotions. It's a real thing. Yeah. It's a real thing. And now I look at him, I'm so obsessed with him. He's just, oh, I love him. And I'm like, I can't imagine if he'd been a girl, like it wouldn't have been him. And yeah, exactly. I'm just in love with him, you know? Um, so yes, absolutely what you were saying. Yeah. You just, it, yeah, you can't imagine it any other way. Yes. Okay, we're going to do a quick fire round. Yes, and I feel like I'm really unprepared. Okay. 
Okay, your one piece of advice for first-time mummies. Uh, enjoy being imperfect <laughs> and be very comfortable asking for help. Love it. One thing you've learnt about yourself after becoming a mum. Uh, I have so much more love to give than I think I than I ever thought I did. I love that. Yeah. And they also say that you worry about your second child that you're not gonna have so much love, but it just expands. You just I have posted so much about love. that for an entire yeah. year. <laughs> I was like, oh, I have not. I gave everything to my first child, and they're like, don't worry, you like grow another heart. I'm like, what do you mean you grow another heart? Literally everything I have, my whole body belongs to my mush. And then as soon as I saw that. Those little toys. I'm like, I love you so much. <laughs> I can never loved anything as much. By the way, my, my first child chance. was born. I didn't feel my 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 first son. I didn't feel that love right off the bat, but I did with my second. I can't explain it. Yeah. But yeah. Again, I've heard this is very normal. This is just, yeah, how it is sometimes. Mm -hmm. And you cannot compare one to the other. It's just an individual experience isn't it for yes, each one absolutely what's one thing you wish someone had warned you about before becoming a mum? just how hard and lonely it was going to be I think no one really ever you know what especially when you're pregnant everyone's like oh how cute you're about to, you're gonna love being a mother no one says you're also gonna hate being a mother you know because it sounds terrible but when you're walking around the mall everyone's like oh you're so cute look at you with your bump and you think this like magical thing is about to happen like if anything like oh, i feel like after i delivered i was like talking to moms to be being like you're about to go into war <laughs> like, Sitting you off to war, no one tells you what's about to happen. Um, but yeah, I guess until you experience it, you just don't know. Yeah, I listened to a podcast recently um, and the woman said that she compares those first few days to actual hell. Yeah. Um, and no one prepares you for that. Um, and obviously everyone's experience is different, but it's, yeah, you've had all this attention and oh, pregnant especially with your first yeah. and then boom and then no one cares it. about you and then yeah. everyone's like the baby and you're like i'm they visit. still here oh, it's a baby. torn in two <laughs> yeah and then they and then they disappear i did actually have a meltdown the the other night to rami i was like rami it's just gonna be me and you and this baby he said like, what do you mean i'm like well i know we have your parents and my mom will come out but but then your parents will go on holiday and my mom will go home and all the friends that want to come see the baby will visit, but they're not going to keep visiting. And then it's just going to be us with this baby. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's how it's going to be every single day, 24 hours. Oh, yeah. And he's like, yes, and? And I was just like, Whew, wow, okay, this is going to be intense. Like, I don't know why it just dawned on me that night. It was just this like, I'm going to be like alone. Like really you are like, yes, you have support, but ultimately, it's going to be me and this baby. So there's something <laughs> beautiful about being the first amongst your friends, though, because then everyone's, like, gushing over your kid, and they want to come visit your baby. And like, and then when they start having kids, you're not going to be able to give them the same sort of yeah. attention back, unfortunately. But you will be there, and you can do play dates. And so there's yeah. an advantage and disadvantage to everything. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's all to come. Um, favorite thing about being a mom? You know, having a, a wonderful excuse to behave like a kid. Not that I ever needed one, but yes, even more so. And you're so good at it. Yeah, I'm really, I just, I never really matured past 13. <laughs> <laughs> um, and finally, what does motherhood mean to you in three words? Um, 
unconditional chaotic love. Oh, that's beautiful. Dina, thank you so much. It's been really fun. I've really been thinking about podcasts and stuff lately. So this has been an awesome Please experience. Do Thanks one. for having me. Um, <laughs> and thank you so much for giving me your time and also for coming on here as your first podcast honestly i'm so honored thank you so much dina thank you and good luck and please stick with this because podcasts are the thing now you know i will and you're you're gonna be the first one out there as a mama and i have time at the moment so i may as well put it into something that i really enjoy so for you thank you bye good luck thank you so much once again to dina booty for her time and honesty i'm sure this is the first of many podcast interviews to come You can find links to all of Dina's social pages in the show notes below. If you'd like to find out who my guests will be on the next episode of Bumps and Babies, please do follow us on Instagram at LifeSchoolME, where you can keep up to date with all our news and find information on all our amazing guests. And finally, I would be so grateful if you could show some love and please rate, review and subscribe to LifeSchoolME, the podcast to help us reach and hopefully inspire more listeners. Thank you for listening to Life School, conversations to inspire action.